This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. Good afternoon and welcome back if you were with us at the start of the show. Now, if you live in the eastern half of the greater Toronto area, you'll want to know that Canada Postal Workers, the Canadian Union of Postal Workers, launching rotating walkouts in Scarborough, affecting service up to Newmarket as far east as Port Hope. And if I'm incorrect, then one of our guests with the union. Mike Duquette will straighten me out there, but also on the line we have Ian Lee, who's associate professor at Carleton University's Sprott School of Business, who uh, truth be known, worked briefly for Canada Post back in the 1980s. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Mike, if I can uh, start with yourself uh, in terms of this latest uh, walkout. Was I right in terms of who might be affected today, or can you be a little maybe more specific in terms of who may or may not be receiving something in the foreseeable future? Okay, so as of this morning, there was uh, 16 facilities that are part of the Scarborough local that were out on strike, uh, and that area covers you know part of downtown Toronto up to Richmond Hill and out to Whitby. So there's about 800,000 points of call or addresses that will receive no mail today. Uh, We also sort the parcels that go, in effect, go downstream in a swath starting at Newmarket out to Port Hope. So there's another 400,000 that won't receive any parcels today. So it's about a million, 200,000 will be impacted today. Our listeners, for those who've already been impacted when uh, the Canadian Union of Postal Workers were uh, holding their rotating walkouts uh, earlier in Toronto, who might have been affected, those now affected, or those who could be affected, depending on how things go, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Questions to you. Has this dispute affected you? Does mail delivery matter to you? Sorry, Mike, I have to throw it out there for in order just to discuss, but does it really matter that much to you? And given with older Zoomers and how much they rely on the mail, I would imagine that uh, there are quite a few that, that are affected. But just to get things going here, if you wish to take part uh, and join Mike Duquette or Ian Lee with Carleton University... Um, Mike, how are things going? Obviously, in terms of with this special mediator who's been appointed, things haven't budged all that much. I guess that's why these rotating walkouts are continuing. Uh, that's my understanding is that the, you know, the mediator's mandate ended after 10 days. Uh, normally, at that point, they'll walk away. He's still talking to them, so that's good. But, uh, you know, it's been dragging on now for 10 months. Uh, we've been on rotating strikes for two or three weeks, and we don't see a lot of movement at the table, not from our perspective. And what are the key issues? And then we'll get Ian in here. He's not a spectator. He's also going to participate here. So, yeah. um, The key issues for us, one is health and safety. Uh, we have a very high injury rate. We have the highest injury rate in the federal sector. Um, and I deal mostly with letter carriers. 
Uh, one in four letter carriers is hurt every year. Uh, sometimes that's requiring time off, sometimes not. Um, the other big issue for us is what we call overburdening. So uh, many of these letter carriers are working 10 or 12 hours, uh, not that they want to, they're being forced to to finish their routes. Uh, and that, of course, lends to a higher injury rate because when you're working those kind of hours day in, day out, for weeks on end, uh, you tend to take shortcuts and you tend to hurt yourself. Ian Lee, good afternoon. Good afternoon. You've had a chance to listen to what the other side has to say, uh, your impressions and and your thoughts and your agreement if on any of those points or disagreement. Well, let me just step back for a moment. I mean, I, I would put it uh, slightly differently that uh, Canada Post and the workers there are going through a, uh, a fundamental uh, realignment. That is to say, Canada Post is in the middle of reinventing itself uh, because it has no choice. The numbers, and this is from the audited financial statements of Canada Post year after year, showing the collapse of traditional letter mail, which is historically the core business of the post office and the most profitable, the profit margin on each letter is vastly higher. Uh, there are two billion pieces of mail a year, being uh, fewer being mailed today than in 2007 because of the digitization of everything. You know, e- e- bills are being sent digitally and we're doing our payments online digitally and Canada Post, which once was, uh, uh, the government of Canada was once the largest mailer of checks in Canada, mailing out the old age pension checks, the unemployment insurance checks, CPP, GIS, and so forth, and that's now 97% of those checks are digitally deposited. The good news for Canada Post, and we have to applaud them, is that they have grabbed, seized the moment with the emergence, the explosion of e-commerce, and they are number one in market share. But, and that may sound, well, great, okay, so you give up one market, you gain another, everything's fine, but it isn't. Because the letter carrier market was guaranteed by, and it still is, by an act of parliament. They have a monopoly in first-class mail. There is no monopoly in parcels, where, which is the future, I argue. And the post office itself has made this argument. That's their future, is, is going after that market. And they're, they're the demands of the companies like Walmart, uh, uh, like, of course, Amazon, are they're very demanding, you know, and they want that mail delivered, those parcels delivered, whether it's on a Friday night or a, or a Sunday morning, and those parcels are a lot bigger <laughs> than a letter. And so I'm, I'm sympathetic to their uh, point that they're, they're, there's health and safety issues uh, where, you know, they're being uh, required to carry things that are a lot heavier and that there's some injuries uh, accruing as a consequence of that. Mike Duquette, president of the Scarborough Local Canadian Union of Postal Workers, with you being on the phone, it's difficult to know if you were nodding or if you were shaking <laughs> your head. So I would uh, I would say that uh, there was more shaking than nodding going on. Uh, Just a I guess. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I, w- okay. I would tend to agree with him. We are at a very uh, crucial time in terms of redesigning uh, our workforce. Uh, obviously, parcels are our future. Um, the letter mail, you know, ironically, is Canada Post, if I'm a letter carrier, they will have me deliver the flyers more than letter mail because their profit on the, letter, on the flyers is more important to them. Uh, you know, when you get a, a company like Can- uh, Canadian Tire putting out their WOW uh, catalog to every location in the country, um, I would say that parcels are the most important, then the flyers and then the letters. 
Um, but we do need to change what we're doing. Uh, one of the reasons why we do have such a large percentage of the parcel market is we're still the cheapest um, way to deliver something. And even the more expensive companies like the uh, UPS and, uh, you know, the Purolator, um, we deliver the last mile for them. They don't have the logistics to deliver to small towns and small locations, but we still deliver that product for them. Um, but it, it is a changing population. You're right. Um, you know, these the older people, the seniors and that, they're still using it, but online parcels have, be, have become a big issue. And most people think of traditionally, you know, Canada, what's going on in Canada, but we have a large population that are communicating with other people in other areas of the world. You know, uh, if you're somewhere in Africa, you may not even have an Internet. You don't know what it is. Um, so there is still a lot of traditional stuff going back to a lot of third world countries. Like we have very high uh, registered mail going to certain areas of Caribbean when the migrant workers come into southwestern Ontario. So, um, you know, part, some areas grow, some areas are not, but uh, I would generally agree with it. Ian Lee, uh, I, I don't know, I, I haven't checked with my dog to see what he thinks about this, but I, I know he would miss that morning visit by the, the letter carrier where he, where he races from one side of the front of the house to the other until uh, the, the, the nice guy drops off what he's got and makes his way and ignores him. But uh, at least I know when he's there and I know when to go check, or my yeah. wife does. But all kidding aside, we know we're talking about the future, and that means jobs, and that means potentially some losing, and no one wants to see that, uh, obviously. So uh, in no way trying to be dis- right. disrespectful to letter carriers or make fun of uh, of their daily plight. So let's get that out there. But anyway, just to lighten it a little bit, but seriously now again, right. Ian, what about the future of uh, of letter carriers here then? If if we're talking really parcels and guys in yeah. their trucks, they don't need the, the bags or, or to be pushing around those letters Exactly. And, and by the way, I agree with most of what Mike just said. Uh, parcels are forecast. This is a forecast, not a quote fact. But next year, it's estimated that on current trends, parcels were, will surpass envelopes unprecedented in the history, in the 250-year history of the post office, parcels are going to surpass or overtake letters as number one. And and I agree with what you said. Letter carriers, listen, they work their butts off, and so do the people inside. But what we're talking about are, t- are huge changes, transformations in our society. To come back to Mike's point about the uh, the, uh, the the flyers. Uh, I don't know if it's the second most profitable. I don't have that data. I'm being very frank with you. I'm skeptical it's as profitable as as, as uh, envelopes letters, but but it's big. It's reliable. It's dependable. There's some big volume mailers out there, like the Canadian Tires, like the WalMarts, and when they bring in a shipment to to mail, it's in the millions and millions and millions of pieces. So it's very reliable business. It's very solid business. So I'm I'm not sneezing at it. I'm not sure if it's as profitable on a per piece basis, but they make it up on volume. And uh, and 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 but to come to your point, what is the future? And and this is where uh, probably uh, Mike and others in Cup you won't like what I'm about to say, but I think it's inevitable in my lifetime, or at least in that, well, certainly in my lifetime, in the next 10 to 15 years, I'm in my 60s, I think the letter mail, as we know it, is essentially going to vanish. Um, it's going down at 5 to 7% per in unit volumes 
per year, according to the according to the audited financial statements. And businesses are digitizing like crazy. Consumers are digitizing every you know bill, every invoice, every payment, remittance is digitizing. And that does not mean that Canada Post doesn't have a future. But what I'm suggesting is that the model of going to the competitive advantage that Mike mentioned, they, they're the only institution that goes to 16 million addresses every last address in Canada, business and residential. Enormous competitive advantage. But that model of going out there five days a week, 52 weeks a year, delivering letters down the street, it's been viable, of course, it's been the, 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 the core of Canada Post for 200 years, but I think that that is going to shift as they move from that model to the courier personal post model where you only take it to the door when you have something to deliver, and that suggests a smaller uh, post office, not a, uh, non-existent. I'm not suggesting it's going to be privatized or disappear, but it's going to be a smaller post office because they won't be going out to 16 million addresses five days a week, 52 weeks a year. Mike Duquette? Um, you know, I don't know that it's actually going to be that much smaller. Uh, right now, most letter carriers are only, uh, eva- they're only evaluated to go to about 50% of the calls they normally deliver to every way, every day. And that's based on the letter volumes. And I would agree the letter volumes are going down, and they will continue to go down. Mm-hmm. It's really how do we reinvent the the corporation and keep that service for everybody. Um, you know, one of the issues that we had been pushing in contract talks was postal banking, where it's, you know, smaller towns, uh, rural towns, the bank closes down, but there's a post office there. You can put in an instant teller, you can still get some... Uh, financial services, you know, so it's it's really having a leadership that looks for uh, new ways to bring in new innovative services that will then uh, allow that the continuation of the company to service everybody, and that's really an important thing, uh, you know, having a, a future vision and grabbing that vision and going for it. It Based on the comments from the, the two of you, and I, I know that uh, Ian Lee with Carleton University, you don't represent uh, the Crown Corporation, but no, it don't. seems like, <laughs> ju- judging by both of your comments, that this is not an adversarial situation the way some of these disputes in the past have been. It seems both sides agree this is a way we got to go or the road we got to take, but it sounds like just being on the same page, maybe eventually in terms of how to get there. Did I read the the tea leaves wrong there, Ian no, or Mike? My, no, from my point of view, I want to. I don't think the differences between my what I've argued and Cub W have argued are that great. I mean, I just want to do do note. I don't agree at all with Mike on the on the postal banking uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Postal banking is extraordinarily capital intensive. It's very sophisticated. It's very specialized. I just, I just don't think it's viable. I testified before the Blue Ribbon Panel appointed by the Prime Minister to that end. Having said that, I don't again want to. I think Cup W is onto something, but they're not pushing it hard enough. This idea that the post office in the smaller towns and rural communities is the center, the community center, the hub. When I looked at the American post office and the Canadian, what came over, came through over and over was in these small towns. These are towns of 50, 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people. They see the post office as the very, very soul of that community. I mean, it is their physical existence. That, In fact, I've heard people over and over say, you've heard this on uh, in the States, if the post office closes, 
our community dies. And so I can see I'm making the post office and not as a banker, but as the center, almost like Service Canada and Service Ontario all rolled into one and becoming the, the, the and the municipal center as well for that community. At that, I think I can see an argument there uh, for something along reinventing and reimagining the post office where it becomes a community center in the broadest sense of the word in, in, in addition to the functions it, it has now. Mike I'd Duquette? Have to, I'd have to uh, say that, you know, I've got 43 years with the corporation, um, and the kind of problems that we have today are not the same kind of problems that we had in the 70s and 80s when, you know, when I, I went on strike for six weeks to gain maternity leave, and then everybody in the country gets maternity leave. Yeah. Um, but I do think Ian's right in terms of the, the small towns. It's, it's very vital because... You know, they may have to go 80 kilometers to go to a bank, but they also got to go 80 kilometers to get to a Walmart or, or any other thing. And um, those smaller locations, they depend on that delivery of, of physical products uh, much more than somebody who, who's in the, a large urban center like here. You know, I can go to Walmart and go and pick it up there. Um, somebody who's in a small town, he, they don't have that opportunity. Um, and I think it is very significant for some of those places. I've lived in some rural areas, and, you know, it really is uh, a center hub for them. They come in, they meet, they see all their friends. Uh, you know, it's more of a social thing in, in some of those smaller locations. So it's coming to grips with what it's the future of the post office is going to look like and real soon yes. agreeing. Yes. Is that it, guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for us in Scarborough, we have almost nobody... Nobody who delivers the way you think a letter carrier delivered five years ago or ten years ago walking up and down the street. They may walk a bit, but every single one of them has a vehicle because of that parcel load that's so great. And really, that's what's happening. And believe it or not, we're still hiring because, um, you know, when we look at the demographics of our population, we have a high turnover of people who are retiring and leaving the corporation. But we also have people that, you know... Less than a year ago was a casual employee, and now they're a full-time letter carrier. You know, so for those people, it's very important for them. What's the future of Canada Post? Ian Lee, we'll let you wrap up here, and then go ahead. I, I'm um, I'm not a pessimist about Canada Post. I do believe it has a future. It's going to be as as Mike has suggested. It's going to be a very different Canada Post. I'm talking five years, ten years from now. But I do believe it will be there, and I do believe because of the strung out nature of Canada, we are the second largest country in the world with 37 million people strung across over 8,000 kilometers, one of the lowest density, the lowest density in the world, four people per square kilometer. And so when you've got those vast distances uh, to connect people together, I, I do see uh, that Canada Post, it's not going to go the way the Germans did where they privatized it, because Germany is a very small country, I mean, large population, but in a very small area where they're, they're, all, they're all cheek by jowl, whereas in Canada, I do see a unique role, and the United States, a unique role for the post office because of the, as I said, the strung out and distributed nature, and, and, and I agree with Mike, in the rural, quasi-rural, semi-rural, small town, it is, plays a much larger role than, say, in, uh, in the urban uh, center, except where in the urban center, the parcels are increasingly important. Ian Lee, Carleton University's Sprott School of Business, and Mike Duquette, President, Canadian Union of Postal Workers, Scarborough Local. Gentlemen, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.